0: hey everybody welcome back to gray areas artist spotlight series i am your host austin miller and today we are joined by by maritz westveen aka mal p he is the mastermind of what could definitely be argued to be the song of the year drugs of amsterdam mal thanks for making some time for us today man of course of course i'm happy to be here so, I mean, first and foremost, congrats on "Drugs from Amsterdam" just taking off. Beatport number one has tens of millions of streams across all these different platforms in mm-hmm. literally just over a month of being released. That's nuts. How does like really? how does that feel? Like, what are the feelings that you one feel now, but two, as you started to see it just skyrocket? What was kind of going through your head and your heart? Well, first and foremost. Like, I still
1: feel like somebody could wake me up right now, and like it was all like, ah, oh, that was a nice dream, you know. Like, yeah. there, there's so much going on that is like going the way that I wanted to go. That is like sometimes it's too good to be true, you know. Yeah. Like I, for example, when the song got released, I was on a on a flight to uh Singapore by myself, and while being on the flight, the song got released, and I was just thinking like, it'd be really nice if on the first day i get like 100,000 streams on spotify which to me is insane that's like a huge amount for yeah. 24 hours. and then at the end of the day like after 24 hours it had like 220,000 <laughs> streams so i was like how is this happening and just from there like all these milestones that i've been thinking about for years and years are just being ticked off basically so i'm making yeah. new goals right now but like the goals i'm writing down are just like so so insane but also the thing is i'm really happy about it because i've been doing music for so long yeah and i've always had this feeling that i needed to somehow turn the universe and get it on my side yeah because i always knew like i'm i'm working hard i have musical talent uh at least that's what i like to believe and uh you know this is my passion and it just always felt like it wasn't really organic yet. Like I really mm-hmm. had to struggle to get the right numbers and the, hit the right spots. And now it's just like, before it was like I was in a really dark room going around with a small flashlight. And now yeah. it's like I turned the whole light on like in the whole place, you know?
0: I love that's that, like, That's
1: like a metaphor I have right now.
0: Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's that's what it feels like, I guess. Dude, that's so sick. So like what kind of like, you said you've been doing some goal, like you've had to rewrite your goals now. So what are, how does it feel like when you're writing down these new goals? Cause I imagine they're much larger than what you had initially had in store. Does it it, like, is it almost surreal? Like, am I actually writing this down? Yeah. (laughs) At
1: first I used to have this very particular goal of having like a song being added to radio rotation. Mm -hmm anywhere like i i wouldn't care like even if it was like some uh eastern european country that has like its own sort of world for music you know yeah uh if i had a song on the radio there i'd be fine and i had this little note i wrote it down on the note and i just ripped it out like get radio play and i put it in the studio and it's been here for like two years yeah and then now i got a someone sent me a list like from the from the label, with like all the places, all the radio stations that have played the song, and have supported it or added it to their you know rotation, and then after that, I found the little note in my studio. <laughs> yes. Like, wow, man! Like I, I just forgot about the note, but like it still happened, you know. So like, yeah, that's crazy. And then the the stuff I'm writing down right now, um, <laughs> like it's so funny because like it feels like a month ago it was still like so cute. Because I wrote down goals that are now like so small. Like I just wanted 1 million streams for the song like after a year yeah. <laughs> or something. Yeah. Then now it's almost at 10. And like the new goal is to get like 50 or like 100 million even like, and that's a crazy amount, right? Just for Spotify as well.
0: Yeah that's not even yeah. counting like like the radio plays it's not even counting your soundcloud it's uh-huh. like where and that's not even counting the number of times it's been rinsed across like festivals in other in clubs and other um djs so yeah that's, dude that's nuts that's so cool and youtube that's so cool man i'm happy for you that's awesome
1: let me just okay yeah yeah that's yeah it's crazy it's really crazy
0: so like what kind of results have like stemmed from this? So you know, you you were on the plane to Singapore and it starts taking off in this like month time, kind of what has blo or has there anything that has just blossomed from the the takeoff of this one song? Um, I think like the the most important thing here for me
1: is that before uh the song blew up. I was just trying to get in contact with all these DJs that I look up to and that I have never spoken to or never met or like never, they never played my music before. So I was, I, w- I was on this side, like contacting all those DJs. And now all of a sudden I'm on this side and they are contacting me. Like, yeah, it's like, even like guys like DJ snake, like tagging me in his story and like s- s- asking me to send more music. And you know, like all like all these guys just calling me up or like WhatsApping me or i messaging me uh that i was just trying to get to play one of my songs you know or yeah I, i just tried to send them a folder of music or just anything and like now i'm at the other side of the table which is super amazing because like for me it opens up a lot of doors for all the new music that i have like yeah there's another song um uh, going around that i did that's called that bounce and that's like being played by diplo and john summit and like all these big nice. djs already because they've already played drugs from
0: amsterdam yeah so and do so we? Now do we back from... yeah so i mean do we have a uh is that the bounce is that another mal p song yeah 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 now do we have a release date kind of on that one uh, no,
1: <laughs> not really, because we're still like in the, in the whirlwind that yeah. is Amsterdam. So we're not sure what's best to do planning wise, but, um, I feel like it's getting a lot of hype already, so I don't want to wait too long. Uh, yeah. but, um, yeah, we just have to see what date works best. I'm hoping this year, that's how far we're thinking, like, because drugs from Amsterdam is like,
0: yeah, keep like this, you know? Yeah. Oh so, yeah. I hope this year. Dude, that's awesome. So now someone to someone doing a Spotify search, Mal, this will be the first song that they see. Yeah. But only for the Mal P project. But yeah. this isn't your first time, you know, no. doing music. You've been around for a minute. Like you were you, Yeah, you're not your first Rodeo, man. You you were previously in the Rodeo as Maurice West, you yeah. know, and a like a headliner at Ultra in Tomorrowland with this like huge big room sound and like dude you've released five songs this year with that project so it's not like it's not like you kind of took a break from doing that you just launched this one so kind of what inspired this foray into this new this new switch um
1: it's uh it's it's kind of like a, a difficult story or like the journey was a little rough okay because uh I've always been into like more underground music and that's like the first kind of festivals that I went to myself when I was like 17 or 18. Nice. In in Holland was like Awakenings and, you know, that kind of stuff, like more techno. Yeah. And then it became like more housey. And then, so that's what all of my friends like and basically everybody in Holland like because we're, I feel, five years ahead of the rest of the world somehow music wise. Um, or like trend wise yeah so i was always making uh i was always making big room because that's also the music i really love to produce yeah it always had this for me it always had this kind of like rave feel to it or like i always tried to incorporate like 90s kind of stuff or maybe even like acid kind of stuff yeah um and then so now i feel like the stuff that i used to do in in big room like the synthy kind of stuff Mm -hmm. is also incorporated in the house stuff that i do but uh so i was i was making like like more housey more deeper kind of stuff for Mm -hmm. about two years already and then this sort of uh clash uh came into existence where i was doing shows as maurice west but i had sort of found a new love for like playing, like DJing house music or like techno and that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. So people were booking me still for like Maurice West. And then when I showed up, I was just playing like really underground <laughs> stuff. You know, and like people were feeling the vibe. It was difficult for promoters to pinpoint like, hey, we're booking this. What are we getting? Yeah. And like the people that do my bookings all- also knew like the kind of lineups that I wanted to be on. But they told me that that just would be really hard to sell uh, for Maurice West. Like they, they can't put like a big EDM name in between guys like Solardo or Chris Lake or whoever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, they came up with the solution to change my name. And at first I was like, no, we're not doing that. That's possible. I've been working on this for like five years or even more. And it's like telling, telling a mom to
0: like, break your kid's neck or something. Yeah. <laughs> like,
1: oh, like, kill your baby right now go,
0: go adopt a new child
1: <laughs> yeah 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 so that took some time for me to accept but after a while i just got into the conversation again and every sort of thing they told me that was going to be good about it i had no arguments against it so yeah. then we started thinking about a name and you know we found one and yeah right now i'm just looking back at it, I'm really happy at how it's all went. Yeah. Uh, you said, like I did releases with Maurice West this year and we already had the plan to like change the name at some point. But yeah. then out of our control, Drugs From Amsterdam just started taking off. Yeah. And people were starting to look for like Mao P. Yeah. So I needed to like switch my accounts as soon as possible to like not be behind the train that was taking off, you know? Yeah. So that was kind of rocky but i still feel like we uh it worked out well so that's kind of the story of how
0: uh how it all switched up this year dude that's really cool so i mean like so kind of taking a step back here um you said that you know big room was the like that's the genre that you really love to produce and all that um is there still a piece of you that like that wants to continue like keeping Maurice West as a, as a consistent project still, or do you think you're going to kind of pour all of your, all of your eggs into the P basket
1: right now? I'm doing the last one.
0: Okay. Gotcha. Uh,
1: yeah. Everything I come up with creatively or like what I think about when making music is all going into P. Okay. Cause also, also I, I don't want to waste the P project because of doing it like 50% Mao Bien yeah. and 50% Maurice West. Um, I mean, I love the big room sound, but I uh, at one point I just didn't feel like I could contribute anything new mm. to the sound in some way. Or like I used to always be able to figure out the puzzle and be like, hey, I've made the song and it's new, it's fresh. Yeah. That's something new for the whole genre, you know? like yeah. At least there's one thing in the song that's going to be pushing boundaries and like pushing pushing the culture forward in some way and then so then i started producing like deeper kind of stuff and uh for me right now in in that kind of area that i'm in uh i've i've just got like creativity for days like i can open up any project right now and just like it's all yeah (laughs) that's sick i'm just i'm just trying to do what makes me the most excited and like what gives me the most like uh what's the most fun to me so i don't know maybe in the future if i do feel like making big room or like more commercial edm stuff then i'll just do that i'll just go with whatever i feel like doing
0: yeah dude you got to go with where where your heart takes you you know you got to listen to that for sure now so the you were saying that it was kind of tough to like switch all of these accounts, uh, like your accounts? do you mean like your social accounts and stuff yeah, like yeah, that yeah. how like from a a business perspective how yeah. how tough was that to go like completely switch lanes because <laughs> like you were saying your your teams were also like trying to switch the like switch the kinds of lineups you were on and all that. Like, uh, how was navigating the business switch? Was that kind of easy, or was that kind of pretty tough?
1: Well, it became easy because of the song. Yeah, but we were actually not going to release "Drugs from Amsterdam" as the first song under Mal P. Like, oh, really? I had, yeah, I had all these shows booked during the summer as Maurice West that I was still just going to finish, and then after the summer, like in September, somewhere. Like maybe right now, we were gonna switch the accounts and like the first song was gonna be a remix for an old trance track by Marco V Mm -hmm. uh, uh, or by Southside Spinners, which he's part of, uh, Lovestruck. Yeah. Yeah. So we were just gonna do the remix first and then have it like as a test, like hey, there's a new Spotify profile now, and just like sort of slowly let people get to know the new name, etc. Um. so but then because of the song the whole switch became faster but also like easier because it was uh, there were people already looking for the name so yeah it wasn't like people were complaining about me you know changing the name or it, like i i didn't see like any comments of people being weirded out by the by the whole switch
0: cool so cool.
1: I don't know in some way I think we got lucky there. Yeah. because uh, we all had to do it like on the go. Yeah. Because there was just like the storm coming yeah. at we were like <laughs> hey, we have to get it done now, you know. Yeah. Just so, hanging on for the ride like ah. Yeah. <laughs> Only difficult thing was which we were also really lucky with that you can't change your Instagram user if you're verified which I understand because oh. like you have the blue tick and if I would just change my whole profile to be, for example, like Joe Biden, yeah, I would still have the blue tick and my account would look like I'm the actual
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: president of the United States.
0: Yeah. So,
1: uh, so we had to like get really deep into our connections to get someone yeah. like, I don't know, like it's called meta, right? Like Facebook. Yeah. And
0: Instagram. yeah, yeah.
1: There was some sort of, some sort of, uh, celebrity manager kind of guy who just in 2 days he switched the he was like what username do you want i'm like let's go with malp music <laughs> cool. like 2 days 2 days before the release he 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 flipped the switch so nice yeah that, that was perfect
0: hell yeah dude that's cool now so you said that you um had kind of tried some of these kind of deeper underground tracks out in some of your Maurice West sets right yeah yeah so we're when you first were trying those out were you playing at places you were saying that you were playing at places that were kind of expecting a big room sound right Mm,
1: yeah i feel like it was like 50 50 like whenever i play at a festival like i don't expect everybody to know my name because i'm like maurice west wasn't like the 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 biggest of all edmx out there you know like yeah yeah I was always kind of the like the underdog. I'd show up at festivals and then people were like, damn, I didn't know this guy, but like his set was But now so I do. <laughs> <good>. <laughs> yeah. But like so during like at the start of the summer, I played a really big festival in uh Portugal. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like there were some people that uh knew me already, but they sent me messages afterwards like I really, really liked the sound that you did and your set was amazing. So that yeah. was like one of the first moments where I got like the validation of um like of the actual people that already know me that 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 they were also like, hey, this is cool and like we're not gonna
0: they were vibing with that deeper stuff.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Because that's really important to me because like to me it's still amazing that people actually follow me. They care about, you know, the stuff that I create. I mean it's brought me to the point that I am now. But I always, you know, there's some artists that say like you should just do whatever you want and be completely creatively free. Yeah. there's a truth to that, but I always also just want to uh, keep the people happy that like, you know, are here for me somehow. Yeah. So I think it's like a balance between those two. But like at the shows, I just started noticing that um, that there wasn't really a lot of trouble, like with me playing more deeper stuff. Yeah. So that's how I just during the whole summer, we, we kind of um, like explored and then. It got to the trucks from
0: Amsterdam Points and then from there on nice. it was
1: all like solid, you know.
0: Heck yeah. So all right. So Maurice West equals big room, giant festival, main stages and all that. Mount P mm-hmm. equals house and tech house and techno and like yeah. clubs and underground parties. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. can can you kind of talk about or talk a little bit more about some of the differences between like the two projects to you personally as far as or as or I guess maybe other observations you have about differences between the two or the cultures that the two yeah. speak to. For sure. Like the first thing that comes to mind, which is
1: for me, the, the most important thing is that when I play a set, it's uh, like with the music I'm doing right now, um, I can mix so much longer and like take my time and like really tell a story, you know, and like keep them waiting and like, like waiting for the bass to come in from the next song you know yeah whenever it was uh maurice west i always had um i always mostly knew what i was gonna play and like have my special moments like oh for this track we're gonna like go with left to right with our hands and you know i'm gonna play this on the mic and i'm gonna make everybody jump when i count to three and whatever now it's more like you, you i could even play like three four five hours and just have as a goal have um to get people to like vibe with you or like just have them enjoy themselves for as long as possible you know instead of having to mix a new song in every one minute every like do really fast mixes and then you need another like gimmick or another hit song or another something recognizable and now it's more about the story you tell in the set
0: yeah That's really cool, man. So it's, 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 so do you, do you think that that has kind of, um, cause you started producing when you were what, like 14, right? Yeah. Yeah. About that age. That's first of all, that's crazy, Uh, (laughs) but we'll get to that. We're going to get to that. Um, but so would you almost uh, like, or it almost seems that as you've matured kind of the, the sound has matured with you a little bit um like the like that patience that you're talking about that build Mm -hmm. there's that story to tell there's almost this kind of this maturity to the sound a little bit do you find that there's a um a difference in like the crowds when you like play um the different styles one a hundred
1: percent like um i think two weeks ago um, you know, Rainier Zonnefeld, right? The, the Dutch.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: He's really big in like in Holland and he was doing a show in uh, Belgium. Mm-hmm. And I got to meet him because of drugs from Amsterdam. He really liked the song and he's like remixing it and everything. Nice. And then he asked me to like open up for him at this club in Belgium, mm-hmm. which is like really underground club. You walk into it and it looks like a Call of Duty map. Like, Literally, like it, it's what? <laughs> like the, the roof, like the the ceiling is so low. Like I can't even like walk in it properly because I'm like almost Whoa. a meter and there's it's like concrete everywhere. That's sick. And, then, and it's so big. And then the DJ set is behind like a, a like a like a rusty fence. Whoa. But the sound, the sound there is amazing. And like the whole like the people at the front, they climb in the fence and stuff. It's literally <laughs> like, all, um, it's insane. And then so I was I've never been more nervous for anything because I never played like a techno party yeah. I, like I went to techno parties I know like what to do and what not to do yeah. but I never played in front of a crowd like that and the crowd was just I opened up there was no one there and then like within 30 minutes the whole club was full and the people were just so you could just feel like they were uh I don't know they were like on my side if that makes sense uh-huh like they were just they were just like they were on I, the journey with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could, I, could, I was like the, the pilot of the of the plane. I could just like take them anywhere, and they were just like <laughs> going with. Me, you know? So that was my first time where I thought, ah, oh, finally, this is this is exactly the type of people that I want to play for. Like I'm doing this really long mix, and it's more about the beat and about the groove. And then I get to decide when I like turn the knob and bring like boom, like bring the bass back. In, you know, yeah. Whenever like I kept them waiting and then I was sort of like playing with it, and then I brought the bass back, and just like the whole place, like, ah, you know? <laughs> like, you hear like that roar, and then, you know, yeah, dude. The so happy. So, that's, that's, yeah, that's for sure like a, a different crowd, I feel like. Maybe it's also a new generation, or maybe those people were just a little older than the people that I usually play for. I don't, I don't really know what it is, but
0: Well, I feel like it's, I think it might be part of uh, like the, when you mature as just as a human, you know, you, you are able to look back at things and, um, make decisions and view experiences view like a current experience through a lens of, um, well, through a lens of experience. So, you know, like um take music for example we'll take music for example so you know that if you've been in the music scene for a minute because I remember when I was a little bit younger you know I was way into like rehab and 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 like into that big that really big room that big festival sound Mm -hmm. Um, and that's a sound that really gets a lot of people into dance music at first and then but like you were saying earlier it's very much like every every minute or so it's a it's a new chorus it's a new drop there's yes. a new like hands back and forth there's a new jump to keep the crowd <laughs> in it and the sets are like about an hour hour and a half maybe 45 yeah. minutes sometimes um yeah. but as you stay involved or you listen to more dance music regardless of the genre you start to just hear what else is out there and you know, okay, I know what, a I know what a good drop feels like. I know what a, a good drop sounds like,
1: yeah. but
0: how much better can it be? It can be even better when it's not just every minute douche douche. It's <laughs> if you're having to sit there and you're having to wait and you're like, mm. and then they fucking turn <laughs> that knob and it comes back in. You're like, Oh, yeah that's it (laughs) yeah dude it's a beautiful thing and so i think there's just like there's this appreciation for the build that comes like one when you're first that it's that first introduction of those drop after drop after drop that hooks you and brings you in because you love the energy but then it's that having to wait for it that that's what really keeps you in like later on down the line also i feel like um
1: the way that you're describing, describing like the the like the show right now that makes the the dj more appreciated somehow or like I feel like it it takes more skill to just be put in front of a crowd and your job is entertain these people for yeah. three hours keep them going like yeah you know find the right flow uh find the right tracks your your starting point is here you're going to there like what what are you kind of going through like navigate through your subgenre like you're giving them maybe a bit of latin inspired yeah move on to like somewhat like dirtier house and then move to techno you know that's kind of I, i never used to dj like that and i really got into that during covid because there were all these like um when it was allowed again there were all these all these like house parties there weren't real like organized clubs or festival parties yet Yeah, And it was me and my friends playing house music. And it's actually people that I taught how to DJ. No way. And like over the years, they became better than me because they play all these clubs in Amsterdam that they just have to entertain the people that go to the club and make them stay the longest and buy drinks, you know? And I'm just put in front of a crowd. You play one hour, play all your Maurice West tracks, and then, you know, you're done. Yeah. So I taught them how to DJ at first, and now they've sort of the student became the teacher (laughs) now i've learned a lot from them and like i found like a new love for djing as well because you know uh it's a different approach and uh that's that's like what my sets
0: look like now as well dude that's so awesome i that's a really cool full circle thing how you started (laughs) how like the people that you taught have been bringing you back into it that's really awesome So now before there was Mal P and before there was Maurice West, you know, there was Maritz Westveen and a kid from the Netherlands. So can Uh you kind of tell us about your musical upbringing? Like how was music first introduced into your life? What are some of your first musical memories?
1: Uh, The funny thing is uh, the house that I grew up in is actually Mm -hmm. the house that I'm in right now. And uh, the whole ground floor of the house is a recording studio what so yeah so my Dude, that's dad, sick <laughs> my, my dad used to be like uh, saxophonist for like yeah. uh, like big dutch bands and whatever and he used to do like he, he used to do it as like a session musician so he like whenever someone needed a saxophone on the track he just yeah. drove to wherever he needed to go like whatever studio record yeah. it go home Like that was his job. And then later on, he was an arranger for like big orchestras to like get them the sheep music and everything. Yeah. We worked from home a lot. And so from the moment I was, you know, uh, able to walk, I was also like able to just go downstairs and go on drums, piano, whatever, whatever I wanted. Um, so that's like, that's like, there wasn't really one moment where I was like introduced to music. It was just like always there. Yeah, It was always back of my mind. Like, if I don't know what I want to be later on in life, I'm just gonna go with music, I guess. Like, you know, like always you can fall back on whatever profession your dad is doing. Like, that's like, yeah, a cliche.
0: yeah. That,
1: that was bad for me. Um, so yeah, that th- that's kind of, that's kind of, that's kind of the the upbringing i guess and then my my mom's also a jazz singer oh cool uh, not like professionally like she used to be in bands but then later on she became like uh, an english teacher mm-hmm. and uh so there was always like music around me and then my parents were always listening to like soul or like jazz old r and B, I i guess um so that's, that's kind of like the music that I didn't like at the time, but now that I really like and still remember from, you know, yeah when I, when I was little. And uh, then at some point, it just turned into dance music, I guess, because dance music, when I was like 14, dance music was so big, you know, that was like the yeah. moment when dance music became the biggest genre within like all music.
0: Yeah. And you're how old now?
1: I'm now 25.
0: Okay, cool. So about so about 9 years ago. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Out the time when Martin Garrix was like the face of
0: dance music, you know. Gotcha. Now yeah, what was it kind of like growing up in a like in a place in Amsterdam and the Netherlands and just Europe in general where dance music is just such a su- has such a huge presence. And not and it's it's like cross-generational. It's not necessarily just the music of you know of the young people or of the kids or it's not just the music of the adults it's it's really like a transcendent kind of thing it's it's very different from here in the states was it just was it just kind of whatever was the most popular dance music at the time like that big room sound that you were hearing all over the place or were you hearing different kinds of dance music all over uh that's a good question i think the 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 like
1: easy the the dance music that was the easiest to like the entry-level dance music
0: mm-hmm.
1: was big room yeah like progressive house I, I think i got into dance music when the tomorrowland and the ultra after movies were like the, you were yeah. cool if you knew about the after movies right like dude you, you the always,
0: after movies were
1: sick <laughs> like during high school we were just like watching tomorrowland after movies like oh yeah we we should go one day when we turn 18 yep. yeah like that yeah that kind of stuff and then um that was like i think no i think i even got into dance music before that when like swedish house mafia used to do like the compilation yeah album and yeah they still made stuff that sounds like early progressive house you know yeah. yeah yeah uh so like leave the world behind and you know those kind of tracks so yeah. that that was like how i got into it and then after like at the end of high school, I was into techno as well, because like, that was just the cool thing to do in yeah. Holland. Like, like, yeah, it was sort of scary as well. Like, oh, we're, we're going to this techno rave and like, oh, people are doing drugs and stuff. Like <laughs> that, that, that was like, that was like the, the new cool thing to do, you know? So yeah.
0: Like, yeah. 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 You weren't, you weren't sneaking out to, to go hang by the canal. You were sneaking out to go to the club. Yeah,
1: <laughs> actually, actually, just last year, I sneaked into a festival like I've, I've never done that when I was what? young. Like, yeah, it was so crazy. Like the this during the summer, like this festival was sold out. Yeah, and uh, like there was no way in which I could get like tickets or guest lists. Like, I know I know a bunch of people, but like it was so full, and I just really wanted to see uh, Carrie uh, Chandler. Like, okay. yeah, was like he was playing, <laughs> and we like we hopped the fence. No sh- it's, so, it's so stupid, but like,
0: uh, see, yeah. nobody is above hopping a fence, even no, a headliner no. like yourself. No. no one is above hopping a fence to see who they want to see. I love that. I mean, I would
1: have paid if I if I there was still tickets left, but they left me no other choice. Yeah.
0: I mean, I still, I, still pay, I still paid for a lot of drinks, so I guess. You know, <laughs>
1: of made up for
0: it but you know dude that's awesome that's so cool so now like so what was the first song like when you you know when you were 14 when you were first hearing this big room sound this dance music was there a, a song that you first heard that first made you go like whoa what is this music what is this sound that I'm hearing uh I think like i mentioned leave the world behind before and i think that
1: was like one of the first ones that okay. you know really really gave me this feeling like what is this sort of euphoria that just comes from this 3 minute song like i feel like leave the world behind was still simple like it has the vocal the piano and like yeah. the the big drop but you know that's it's it sounded to me like if i spend some time I would be able to make something like similar of course I was wrong like making music is like so hard mixing and everything but yeah sort of like the motivation I had like I can actually hear every single sound so I was just like I'm gonna recreate this I'm gonna like make the same kick drum and make the same yeah you know whatever try to find their piano preset or like stuff like that how I sort of got into producing And and
0: then you just find yourself scrolling through hundreds of piano and drum samples and you're like, oh Uh, my God, which one is it?
1: (laughs) That was pretty much the first year of producing for me, just like trying to find how everyone's doing what they're doing and just remaking. Like it took me a year to make a song that I, you know, thought of myself. Yeah. Or that it was just like, how do I make the sound that, you know, Wolfgang Gardner or whoever. Yeah has like i was a big wolfgang gardner like maddie and porter robinson
0: as well Yep, yep. So, dude that yeah. that first porter that first porter album was life-changing that totally rewrote the game is it like the the
1: album or the ep because i remember there was like an ep on i think skrillex's label like wait Spit no F- it was the ep
0: yeah no it was the ep that first yeah. ep because i remember I, listening to spitfire over and over i checked out the
1: ep,
0: I checked so, out the EP. Couple months ago,
1: actually, again, because I can remember there was like some sort of, uh, there was a track on there that sounds like two thousands trance. Yeah, and like he was already combining that with like electro or like, uh, like house. That was like that was was so boundary pushing for me. Like he was already doing
0: that in probably it was two thousand twelve or yeah, maybe it was like he was like two between two thousand. 12 and 2014 i think i think it might have been 2012 2013 something
1: yeah that's like that was really insane to me and also i was a really big skrillex fan like because he used to do he still does but like he just put out anything like it could sound like garage it could sound like house and then it was dubstep and then it was you know maybe even like hardcore moon sort of stuff. yeah what is happening you know
0: dude that was that that like that like 2010 to 2015 time yeah. frame was Golden. a crazy time yeah. in electronic music oh my gosh i feel like
1: when it's uh like in maybe five or ten years like everybody's gonna gonna say what you just said like we're gonna be like so nostalgic about it. we just need a couple <laughs> more years
0: yeah man i mean well it's so it well it's because like and it's funny because you know every so often it like just this uh, there this new understanding of what the um of what the technology is capable of doing of what the music softwares are capable of putting out and what the hardware that we put those sounds through is capable yeah. of creating sonically um and I think it's almost like it gets to this point where um, it, someone just tweaks something through some system one way, and it creates this new sound, this new vibe that yeah. so, that people haven't thought of before. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, that just opens the floodgates, and it's like, oh, well, if this is possible, then that yeah. means all of this is possible. yeah.
1: That's usually also what happens. I feel like with, you know, big songs like, uh, like when Fisher had losing it, like yeah. that opened up so many doors for like Tech House. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like then people, then people have the validation from someone else, like, hey, people like this. And then they feel more confident about, you know, merging maybe what I did. Like I took basically techno synths and like a Ray Vibe and added yeah. Tech House to it. And then, like, if there wasn't Fisher losing it, if there wasn't a craze do it to it, then like I wouldn't have been here. You know, I wouldn't. Yeah. Have from Amsterdam. So.
0: Yeah. Well, and it's funny, I love,
1: like, I love how, like you know, trickles down.
0: Like. Yeah. yeah. Well, and like you were just saying, you know, it's like that validation that comes through. It's it, just because that one person, like they they released it and they and it took off doesn't mean that there weren't a bunch of people that didn't have other things on their hard drives that they were like like, ah there's no way I don't think this will work and then someone releases something similar and they're like oh it's gonna work and then boom that's so funny because you never never never
1: expected like I just made drugs from Amsterdam because I was you know having fun and it was just this random idea that I had and I can't even remember how I did it or like what was the thought behind it or whatever. And it just like, only after people were, you know, recognizing the sound or like, uh, you know, appreciating it. Then I came to understand like, ah, it's because it sounds a little bit like this. And I took that and combined it with that. And, yeah. you know, I get it, but it wasn't like a pre-planned thing. Yeah. Not at all. Like even, even the, way it blew up like i see people uh like i sometimes i see comments like oh the marketing plan for drugs from amsterdam the guy who made that he needs a raise because like they did an amazing job and i'm like i made i made five tiktoks (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's it i never used tiktok before i I just like i saw the song blowing up on someone else's tiktok and i was like okay i need to be on tiktok and then that's it like it was all organic the like the first few weeks of streams were, were all just people looking for the song like I can see all the stats and it's just you can see the the percentage of like like streams that come from spotify um spotify playlists or spotify like algorithms yeah first few weeks it was like three percent and the rest was just like
0: people they're sharing players. it
1: yeah just like looking for the song and just, yeah
0: like it's crazy dude that's awesome so now and you were kind of and you mentioned that you kind of started to come to the understanding of what it was about that song that Mm -hmm. took off and so take us through that what to you what is it about that track is it a combination of your your big house proclivities with your tech house love or is it just the combination of the sounds is it the fact that tech house is hot right now what is it to you
1: uh i definitely feel like everything that i did before this mm-hmm. made a very big impact on uh how the song sounds like how drugs from amsterdam sounds like yeah everything i used to do before like the way i do build-ups in sort of more like a traditional edm kind of yeah. way yeah yeah like the way i you know use synths and um like a lot of my old ways of doing things, I had to sort of rewire it in my brain. Like like, oh no, for this type of music, you can't really do that anymore because you there's a cooler way to do it. Yeah. But also there's like um there's like a power that I have because I like all the other people that make house music always used to make house music. And now I have this way of doing thing in my brain that's different. Yeah everybody else is doing it so you know I guess your brain is just like whatever you throw into it all over like all these years it just like you create this boom like you, yeah. you get it, yeah. you know <laughs> and that's what the song is because you know I've, I've spent years like trying to write music as well like try to write actual songs like come up with hooks and uh then also the arrangement I tried to do like pop music and whatever and then before that i did like edm so it's all of that together which makes trucks from amsterdam work in the way it does so like i came up with the hook and then i came up with the arrangements and you know that's that's like the cool thing about it and then like um sound wise of course tech houses are super big right now and um after after the release or like just a week ago, I realized that there's a big shift happening in like the dance music mm-hmm. where like all these underground names are now superstars, but they've been around for so long, yeah but they've they're getting like a different kind of appreciation, and sort of the really big d j mac names are still like amazing, but there's they're they're getting like the the competition from all these names that were, like, there already, but now everybody everybody's on to them, you know? Yeah. So um, that's why the sound works, I guess. And then also uh, in Drugs from Amsterdam, I feel like I combined how, um, like, techno works right now where they have really, like, synth-driven, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they have, like, these dirty melodies, and it's simple, but it's still, you know, it's still takes you somewhere somehow yeah yeah. uh and i love techno but i feel like in drugs from amsterdam i sort of made techno more acceptable Mm -hmm. because more digestible yeah yeah exactly that's the word i'm looking for like digestible um and the weird thing is still like techno names really like the song but also house names they play the song and like yeah even of techno guys like uh They which i never expected so there's something in there for everyone and like so now when i talk about it i can still like analyze the whole thing but it's not like i thought about this when i was making yeah i the whole formula behind it was just random
0: i guess like or like
1: i can act like i know what i was doing back
0: then but i did dude you you were following the sound that that sounded good to your heart man Exactly, and I was still trying to do
1: something new, so that's yeah. why I have the the like the anti drop where it just there's nothing. Then there's the vocal, and people are like, "What is happening?" Yeah, and like the you know like the uppercut, like the yeah. da, 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 and then a <laughs> the small drop yeah. again, like so nobody knows. It's like it's just on.
0: like it's just a sprinkle. It's just like a tease, you know.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: So, yeah. so we're 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 getting closer to the end here. So I, I won't hold you up too much of your time. I just got a couple, few more questions for you. I'm just so, having fun. I <laughs> love, dude. I love it, dude. I dude. I could literally talk music all day. I I know. I it's it's just so easy. There's just so much to talk about it's amazing yeah. it's truly amazing um so you know you've done you've done a lot of different things outside of big room and house and techno you know you've done some pop production you've done podcast jingles you've even done like a christmas tune i heard for like a commercial company or something like that yeah. so like of all of those things that you've done like you you're not just a like a house producer or dance music producer you're you are a producer so what is your wildest ambition as a producer like what is your where do you see yourself in 10 20 years
1: um i would want to be able to like perform uh for a very long time so just like make music that uh is meant to be heard on dance floors Mm -hmm. i guess and I'd love to be able to do that under Mount B and do this sound and, you know, for it to stay relevant and for me to, you know, know what's going on and be ahead of the curve somehow. Yeah. But I've also always felt like, uh, I've, I've never been scared of like, uh, I never felt like I needed a backup out of music. Like, yeah. Cause always like music is a risk because there's no like college for it necessarily mm-hmm. that like, Uh, that guarantees you of any job so but i feel like if you learn this skill set of producing and you you know you have your all round sort of tools of trade or like your skills you can you can sell anything like you produce or like you can make music for commercials or as you said like i did jingles in covid when it was like when i had nothing to do yeah you can do like even you know maybe movie scores like that's a whole other side of business but still if you know how to take sounds arrange them or like make sounds or you know uh if you if you know how to make a song or maybe even just sounds for movies like not even music maybe yeah then you know you could you could go on for for years so if i'm not able to perform anymore at one day i just like i try to maybe make a business out of just producing somehow yeah so yeah i I don't know if i have like a goal per se like in in producing but like the the main goal is to set the trends i guess
0: yeah love that
1: because like i i still (laughs) love dance music
0: yeah well and it's cool that you that you've already kind of keyed in a little bit to how what your experiences and your knowledge with big room has already kind of put you on a path of doing something a little bit new with house and techno because that's that's what is a huge part of setting new trends is mixing and molding and taking a little bit of this that maybe people didn't think of before and putting it in a new direction and it's it's cool that you're already kind of keyed into that and i think it's going to take you pretty far like diving further into that rabbit hole
1: yeah exactly and now that i have the appreciation for like uh like of people that like drugs from amsterdam like Mm -hmm. they're sort of uh like i could be comfortable and create another drugs from amsterdam or or something like that but like. Right now, I just feel this drive. Like, oh, you have to do something even wilder. Like, you have to... I feel like there's people watching me now. What's he going to do after Drugs from Amsterdam? I I just want to, like... I just want to go on this train and drive, like... (laughs) Like, straight. (laughs) Yeah. Just just make the song, and they'll be like, what did this guy do, you know? But it
0: has to be... (laughs) It still has to be super cool. Dude, I love that. I love, like, the 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 excitedness to to go smash through those walls and to yeah. go like break those expectations. Fuck your expectations. Yeah. This is what we're doing. Because I love people that. People might think now
1: that like Mao P is a commercial name or that it's supposed to be like like a name like Getta or something because yeah. I'm on the video, but I just want to stay really like underground and just yes. feed all people more underground that now maybe think that i'm mainstream yeah so i'm part of like flipping the narrative in dance music right now that's just that's been my goal for a year so that's really cool to be a part of
0: yeah well and it's funny because you know that that undergroundness and it kind of goes back to what we were talking about with those slow builds and that patience that's required there's almost um more of an artfulness to mm-hmm. it. you know yeah. it, there's not there's not as much of a formula involved there's much more kind of there's space for creativity and and um not creativity and what's the word i'm looking for and interpretation um and in that in that underground realm yeah for sure yeah i feel you so what advice might you have for someone who is you know in your shoes like five years ago someone who's trying to who's grinding trying to take that passion and that knowledge that they know they have for music and for djing and turn it into a career oh man uh
1: well what really helped me was to just not think about anything don't compare yourself to anyone and just keep going because it's like it's like figuring out a rubik's cube yep yep you know like you keep turning and you can't get like the the nine different squares to be the same color. But you know, there's like, once you, once you like give up, there's no way you're going to like figure out the Rubik's cube. Right. And it might take a lot of time, but you, you never know when you're going to hit it. So the only thing, literally the only thing you can do, if you know that you have the talent, if you know that you have the, the passion and the drive and, um, The knowledge the only thing you can do is keep going keep trying you know keep trying to figure it out keep educating yourself and then i saw this video about uh they call it a hot streak Mm -hmm. like where where just anything you do is like a home run basically and guy he did like a whole analysis on it like like very successful people that uh had a hot streak and you could just see them they've been grinding out years before they hit like their moment, you know, yeah. like, uh, and that's not the stuff you see online. Like you only see the wins online. And like, yeah. I've, I've been grinding out for so long. Like I've been, you know, I've been thinking like, why is my stuff not working out? You know, yeah. but
0: the- why do I have to sneak into festivals? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, but, that's 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 the whole thing like the the only thing you can do is is uh keep going keep trying and there's no there's no there's no like pay to win there's no secret formula there's nothing it's just like you have to have fun with it and you have to enjoy the ride and the another (laughs) wise sentence is the journey is more important than the destination Yep. Yep. i saw I saw this other like wise um like slogan, or whatever you call it, it's like the the man who loves walking will walk further than the man who loves the destination, yeah, yeah, so you know, I just love making music, and then I feel like after a couple of years, I stopped caring about, oh, I have to do this and I have to accomplish this and that. And you know, once you're really comfortable and in your own zone, that's when you're gonna like find your own sound and your own style and you know not care about what other people think
0: and that's when that's when you're gonna like hit home you know i love that i love it dude all right so i got one more thing for you we're gonna do a quick speed round of questions Okay. All right? so it's gonna be like a this or that what's your favorite this what's your favorite that all right and we're just gonna yeah. bang them out real quick all right okay just cut they should there might be one or two that you might have to stop and think about <laughs> that's okay but for the most part it's gonna be pretty quick all right All right, here we go. So first one, house or techno? House. House. All right, club or warehouse? Warehouse. All right, rave or festival? Rave. All right, digital or analog? Digital. All right, DJing or producing? Producing. All right, dream performance spot. Dream
1: performance spot uh i really want to be able to do awakenings in the netherlands somewhere like i've like even this summer i just went as a visitor just to like have fun and stuff there's so many house guys also playing and then they play a little bit more like towards the awakening
0: sound you know like that's probably a short-term goal but like it's Uh really where Hell yeah. Love that. hope to see that dream performance spot be another, uh, be another sticky <laughs> that comes off the wall. <laughs> All right. Dream collaboration. Ooh, wow. Uh, wow. That's a tough
1: one. Uh, <laughs> that's a really tough one. Uh, can I pass? Like, I, I don't know. I well, just don't how about know. this? We'll come
0: back to that one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We'll come back to that one. Okay. So uh, you might have already answered this one in in our interview, but last concert you attended as a fan? Um,
1: I think I there was this club in Amsterdam. It's closed right now because they're building apartments on it. But it was called uh, the Mark's Cantina, and I Fat played and. Uh, this was way before drugs from Amsterdam, like two months before, three months. Yeah. Uh, and I brought out this USB that I wrote, like, demo. I wrote demo on it. Nice. And I was like, this is going to be fun. I'm just going to, like, give it to them. This is going to be my mission of the night. You know, I'm just with a couple of friends and I'm going to pull out the USB, like, hey, I'm going to give it to them. Yeah. And so uh, this is a funny story. I walked up into the booth. It was, like, super crowded. And you can go, like, behind the booth. Mm-hmm. And there's a. And I just had to, like, make my way through all these people. Yeah. And then really, really big guy. He looked, like, from, from the UK. And he had, like, a ponytail or whatever. And I was like, that has to be their tour manager, you know? There's no one else that's going to yeah. be in the booth like that. That's not their tour manager. So I just tapped his shoulder. And he looked over, like, what's your problem? Like, he he yeah. looked mad. And I pulled up the USB. And he saw, like, demo, like, written yeah. on it. Just like, oh. And he he grabbed it. <laughs> of the camel fat guys on the shoulder he gave it to them pointed to me and then the guys were like you know like oh thank you sick amazing like they gave me the 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 fist and whatever and then um i saw him put it in his bag really carefully and uh never heard anything from (laughs) (laughs) maybe the track wasn't good enough i don't know i I've, i've i've just left the track to you know sit on the shelves so um yeah that yeah that was the last concert i i attended as a fan i think
0: hey that's still a good concert to go to that's the they still yeah. put on a great show yeah yeah it okay good. so what is the best concert that you've ever attended as a fan um that was also this summer i think
1: and it i don't know if it was the best but it just really inspired me because it was uh solo moon playing and it was okay. like his own festival in Amsterdam. I and hear a lot of people say really amazing things about Solomon's r- yeah, performances. I, it was the first time I saw him play and I knew I had to go. I just went with one, one friend and uh, it was because of the same thing you're saying like there's so many people like praising him and I was like what is that about? Like yeah. You, you don't really see it when you watch a set or when you see like a small moment of him like on Instagram someone filming. Yeah. But when you're there I don't know how to explain. it's like it's so well done, and he he knows exactly what he's doing, and he just like the stuff I was telling about you about that you take the whole crowd on a journey, like it's yeah. just like with one like he has his own a choke hold, you know yeah it's like
0: yeah <laughs>
1: every every song is something you don't expect, and then he goes a little bit towards like that sound, but then like he finds something in between that's that's totally something different that also fits you know, yeah, uh yeah. Out of this world. So that's that's probably the best thing I went to lately. Also because it was so like inspirational for DJing.
0: Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Leaving a show and feeling just so charged up and ready to like get behind your decks and just sit there for a couple hours. Oh, that's a great feeling. That's a great feeling. I love that. That's what he did. So yeah. Heck yeah. Okay. So what's your drink of choice? Um
1: uh tequila with ginger beer on tequila, ice. ginger beer
0: okay cool i'm down with that i can get down yeah. with that i'm i'm a tequila and tonic guy myself so i i get it
1: i haven't tried out a lot of combinations yet but someone put me on tequila ginger beer and then i
0: was sold so hell yeah i'm gonna try that next time i'm out and about all right it's so a- you walk into a house party all right and someone hands you the aux cord
1: mm-hmm. what
0: song are you playing to get the party going uh uh
1: there's a song by I think uh Dwayne Harden.
0: Like okay. uh, You Don't Know Me. Okay. Do you know that one? It's like I don't think do- so. I know Dwayne Harden, but I don't know that song.
1: You say that I'm coming right. Okay. Uh so why do you judge my life? Yeah, it's it's amazing. It's like there's there's just a couple of these old house songs that yeah. once you put them on, there's like no escaping. It gets the, the people going vibe you know
0: yeah hell yeah okay now the other side of it it's the end of the night and the house party's dying dying down what song are you closing the night with what you're putting on a song as you're walking out the door (laughs) it's like walking away from
1: the explosion yeah (laughs) uh 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 what's it called again um octave one i think it's called black water Yes, that is a great song, dude. Yeah. But
0: then like have the version with the really long violin intro. Yeah, the the four. thousand strings yeah. like yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So, next one, what is a secret talent that you have? Um
1: <laughs> I have a lot of weird talents, I feel like, uh, but I keep forgetting about them. I I'm kind of okay at impersonations. Okay. I guess I don't know if I can do any for you right now. I don't know if I can do any people that you know, but it's like I always do people that me and my friends know. Okay. Then I just sort of yeah,
0: and you're you're just keyed into to what makes them unique.
1: Yeah. It's yeah. like
0: I I can but it's also with uh talking in a different
1: language, I can just like hear something and you know uh, uh replicate it or yeah. like you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not even good at the language itself. I'm just good at saying the word. Yeah. The I,
0: dude, I, I actually, I totally, I actually totally understand what you're saying on that. When I'm over in yeah. Europe, I like, I'm able to like say the words that somebody says to me, but yeah. I have no idea what I'm saying. <laughs> they, they, they're like, oh, say this. And I like say it and they're like, oh, that sounded really good. I have no idea what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, that's also,
1: that's also how I. Learn to play the piano, like I didn't know how to read notes, uh-huh. I just I could learn the whole song, like how to put my fingers in the right places
0: at the right uh ordering.
1: Yeah,
0: wow, no correlation between that. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Um, so if you could have dinner with three people, dead or alive, past or present, who would it be? Um, I know Jamie fox needs
1: a spot, okay uh i know why i just love jamie fox he's got a great energy yeah uh and uh kendall jenner okay (laughs) just why not there's there's no arguments for that um and then one more um uh you i'm gonna pick you yeah hey
0: yeah dude we would have a great
1: time we would have an awesome time. Jamie Foxx, Gamble Jenner, Austin Miller, me, tequila, ginger beer. All night. Damn, dude, that
0: sounds like a great night. And then we're going to the club afterwards, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Hell yeah, cool. All right, so favorite food? Sushi, actually. Fuck yes. Fuck yes, I love some sushi, god damn it. All right, favorite color? Uh,
1: Blue, I think. Like the whole room's blue. (laughs) <laughs> yeah
0: no same i get that blue's always been my color yeah would you rather face off against one horse-sized duck or a hundred <laughs> duck-sized <What>? horses <laughs> whoa 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 Whoa! whoa. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Okay, one more time. All right. Horse. Would you rather face off against one horse-sized duck or a hundred duck-sized horses?
1: Oh, the hundred horse-sized the the wait horse-sized? the
0: duck-sized horses. The last one. Yeah. yeah. Last
1: one, last one. <laughs> I feel like you can take them away or something. Or yeah, like...
0: I I feel like you'd be be more able to one run away and two yeah to to clear path imagine no imagine the
1: like the the i don't know how to call it like the the, the fucking mouth of the
0: the horse-sized duck horse-
1: <laughs> there's no there's no yeah
0: you wouldn't do um, that dude imagine the the sounds that that thing would make ducks already make a weird sound imagine what? it coming out of a giant duck yeah dude, where'd you would- find you just came up with that or like, uh, it, it was just something that somebody asked me way long ago. And it's always perfect. been a funny question for me. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good one. Okay. We got three more. All right. So what is something that you are proud of yourself for? Uh, trucks from Amsterdam. Cool. That's a very. that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What is an area that you hope to grow in? Like what it, that you hope to grow personally? Ooh, like, uh uh you mean like like a skill
1: or like a personality trait or anything it can be anything
0: um uh
1: i want to like become an even better dj i guess like or get more experienced like i just I just, I I would just really want to fly to a country, just any country and have like the experience to know, like all these people, like this kind of stuff. So I can, you know.
0: And you just got to, you got to flash drive loaded with whatever you need. Yeah. 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 Because like,
1: yeah, yeah. That's it. I think because like the USB is like the, like the sword, like the modern day sword. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's got to be it. Heck yeah, man! All right, and last one before I die, I want to blank bungee. No,
1: not bungee jump. Like jump out of a plane. Skydiving, dude. It's a rush. I've sky.
0: I've I've done skydiving before. It's I can't
1: what that feels like. Well, dude, it it
0: it was so interesting because like you're going up in the plane and they have like the door open the whole time, and it was very odd. Like the whole time I was going up, I was like, okay, like i'm about to jump out of a plane yeah and i was like waiting for like the adrenaline to hit me and it just it never hit me it never hit me and then when they like swung my legs out of the plane and i'm like sitting on the edge of the plane it was just like (laughs) i was like oh my god i'm about to jump out of a plane and they're like are you ready and you're like what (laughs) boom
1: (laughs) that's what i want that's exactly that you you've got me more hypes for it right now so
0: it's pretty sweet it's pretty sick they know what they're doing up there so it there you're all good when you go up there well now dude this has been a time dude this has been an absolute time i've really enjoyed this conversation
1: me too how long have we been on this uh
0: uh, almost a a little over an hour a little over an hour wow yeah, did the conversation could keep going, but hey, you know, we'll hop off this <laughs> call and like, let's connect. If I'm ever in Amsterdam, I, I hope to run into you.
1: For sure. Let's Heck do yeah. it.
0: All right, y'all. Well, this has been Mal P, aka Moritz Westvin, and he is the mastermind behind Drugs of Amsterdam, but he has got so much more coming down the pipe. And dude, we are so excited to see what you got going on, man. So yeah. we appreciate you cutting out some time for Gray Area's Artist Spotlight. And Thank we will so see you guys next time. I <laughs>